1: On the Google Play or App Store, or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today.
2: Welcome to Wired to Hunt's Rut Fresh Radio, bringing you the latest reports from the Whitetail Woods.
3: And now, your hosts, Casey Smith and Tyler Jones. Brr, it's cold outside. With Christmas fast approaching, I know it's hard to get in the woods, but hunters around the country are finding ways to make it work, and especially with the cold weather, it is time still to get in the woods and fill some of those late-season tags. This is Rup Fresh Radio. I'm your host, K.C. Smith. I do my best to sound cool, and I've got a cool guy here with me. His name is Mark Kenyon. Mark, welcome to Texas. Tyler uh, Jones is here as well. Not so cool. But
4: <laughs> I, thought <you> said, <laughs> I thought you said welcome just fine that time. Thanks, mm-hmm. man. And thanks for having me in Texas here with you, You're buddy. welcome, dude. Welcome, yeah. welcome,
3: welcome, mm. welcome.
4: <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> we've done our best to eat Mexican food every meal of the day for oh, the past Oh, you might have just
4: slayed me tonight. With, like, I'm about to... Slayed the dragon, huh? Yeah, you slay the dragon with the, with the full. <laughs> they have something here called the full donkey. Yeah, yeah. And we ate the full donkey. We did.
3: T- Everybody except Eric got a full donkey, and he's <laughs> he had burrito envy. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he told us on the way home. So the donkey's is kicking in my belly right now. <laughs> yeah. That's right, just in there, just he hauling mm-hmm. around. Uh, we
4: legitimately. Some- that was a burrito that was more than a foot long. Like, oh that yeah, that might have been like. 16 inches of burrito. Yeah, that would yeah. make Jared jealous, for
3: sure. Way more than <laughs> full uh, So, uh, <laughs> it was a, a tasty treat. We've been doing some hunting in Texas, which is real exciting. We got some folks today to talk about some uh, hunting around the country. One of the big themes, it seems, is cold weather. And uh, cold weather's controversial. Did y'all realize that? I didn't until today. And I when it comes to deer movement, cold weather's controversial. Who, who says that? Uh, me. Uh, you. Well, I would say that some... So there's organizations out there uh, and who we've interviewed. Some we actually have a guy from the NDA on today to talk about uh, hunting in Georgia. Um, and there are studies out that say that cold weather does not affect deer movement and deer move the same I in know. cold weather. I know. Yeah. And you know what the, the problem is, Mark? I think is that they are not taking into account what time of day in the 24 hour period the movement happens yeah they're measuring different stuff yeah exactly mm-hmm.
4: so does the total amount of movement change mm-hmm. probably not I no. believe that no but does when that movement happens mm-hmm. or does the you know the distance traveled over the course of that most important hour for us change maybe yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. or does the specific or like even what about a study that looked at just bucks over three years old or something mm-hmm. like that yeah
3: um absolutely there's a there's a lot of data points that are hard to keep up with and i think they do a pretty good job over there of getting some information out and stuff oh, for from sure. time to time but for i mean sure. i think that um as a hunter i can probably go out there and make a different assessment at, than what might be seen but i don't know it's kind of interesting to think that um it gives you hope that you always have a chance even if it's not cold i guess you know for sure that thing so and like You don't
4: need cold weather, but I don't think anyone who spent a lot of time out in the woods Mm -hmm. would deny the fact that, man, when you get the certain days like that, it's just different. Mm -hmm. It is special, and we all have seen those days. Absolutely. Yeah,
5: no doubt. I mean, we're not out there uh, perceiving deer movement in the night, so it doesn't matter to us. No. What
3: matters is daylight movement. I've actually... Came really close, like throughout my hunting career, to shutting the nighttime photos off on trail cameras because mm-hmm. it means that little to you. But it's it's still something I like to hang on to because you at least if you get a picture of him at two a.m., you know he's still alive. Mm-hmm. So that's like a reason to keep them on. But otherwise, like you know, the nighttime movement just isn't hardly anything. Um, <clears throat> people also like kind of looking back on this rut. All right. Um, like This, this is rut kinda, or this season? This, so this season, but this rut, I guess, you know, uh, Um, this is rut fresh. And we start doing rut fresh in September. So it's all the rut. Who's rutting in September? I don't know, but why don't we call it rut fresh in September? Why it's don't we a, call it deer it's fresh? It's a Spencer thing. I don't know. <laughs> blame, blame the old guy. I don't know. <laughs> That's right. That was somebody for our time. Uh, but... Um, so let's look back at the deer season. This is the if y'all don't know, this is the final episode of Rut Fresh on this, on the year. We've had a ton of fun doing this thing. Really appreciate y'all listening. Uh, since we got Mark here, it'd be a good time to maybe evaluate some of this because he's hunted some different states than us. What's one of your big takeaways from the season as far as deer hunting goes? Like what was a a theme, a motif for the year for you? My biggest
4: Rut Fresh Takeaway this year is just something I gotta illustrate for the listeners, real fast. Before oh, this I is gonna question. be a joke before, <laughs> before, <I, laughs> because this is gonna change people's like listening experience. Because yeah. we, when I listen to the podcast, I kind of envision like you guys sitting in the truck talking or whatever, doing this. But right now, now I realize what's really going on when you guys do your Refresh Radio, Casey is like cross-legged sitting on top of a table like a genie or like a big Buddha or something. He's sitting there and he's like rubbing his feet <laughs> kind of rocking back and forth. Prince Alia T aya Barbara. So think about that next time you listen to Rot R- Fresh. Um, but as far as uh big like themes for this year, this year's season, man, I don't know. I think one thing that stands out to me, and I actually want to do some research on this, I'm going to um, but I feel like this year there was a particularly extended, long, hot period during what should have been primo days of the rut.
3: Mm-hmm. When you say hot, you mean temperature? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And like over early the, November, right? Yeah. Like everybody experienced mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Like
4: everywhere from mm-hmm. that, like that first like ten days or so was brutally hot for yeah. much of the country. Um, I've never had so many days like that where I, I literally hunted. I think eight straight days in 70 or hotter in the Upper Midwest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um,
5: we left on we left a place on November 9th with like days left on the hunt just because we were like, yeah, let's just go home and see our yeah. families. It's gonna a be in bit. the 80s you know. for a few days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and there was um, cold
4: weather on the horizon. Yeah, so I mean, when it comes to like the rut itself, like that, e- like even though people always can like I've killed a buck when it was 80 degrees this mm-hmm. year during, on November 1st. So it can happen but it's never as good as it could have been it's never as much fun when you have like that much more you know uh reduced time periods of the of the movement you're hoping for so like the, the big takeaway for the rut for me was like man that was the big thing like that took you know 70 percent of my rut hunts this year were kind of like meh because of that yeah uh um, here's another and the, just super super fast the five the, the last thing i was gonna say was like i feel like this is a trend like there's been a lot of hot ruts over the last, like, decade, it feels like. Mm-hmm. And I want to see if that's just, like, me thinking that or if that's true or not. Yeah. And so I'm, in the words of, uh, or in your vernacular, I'm fixing to do some research and crunch the numbers. Yeah. Y'all don't
3: say fixing to? What? Y'all don't say fixing to? Uh, no. That's a Southern I know, thing. I, I didn't. I thought that was just an American thing, and I didn't know it was a Southern thing. Yeah. Oh, I went well. to Costa Rica one time, and he was, their people there were kind of, like, astounded at the idea of fixing to. Yeah. yeah.
5: The <laughs> You know, like, the the rut stuff is also similar to what we are talking about earlier with like per- perceived hunter perceived movement, right? Where like we we got to hear from hunters across the country throughout this rut fresh thing, running this thing this, mm-hmm. this year. And then also we were out a ton in November mm-hmm. in different states, you know, different climates, different habitats, all this stuff. And I mean, it is undoubtedly, I mean, it, it's, There's no doubt that there that there were different. There was a different perceived rut by hunters this year overall. Mm -hmm. Like everybody we talked to, the first ten days of November pretty much were uh, not even close to the best days of the Mm -hmm. the rut. Mm -hmm. I mean, like that's that. I guess it would be the like after the first ten days to like the twentieth was really when most everybody's rut was the best, Mm -hmm. especially like twelfth, fourteenth. 15th those dates and so like this is one of those things where like you see the same research that like says uh it's based off diurnal period you know so it's like uh the the photo period or whatever it's uh you know the length of the time of the day and that's when the estrus cycle is based off of and that never changes right Mm -hmm. but you have actually some weird theories about that that Mm -hmm. are pretty cool but like overall uh there's no doubt that we perceived it differently across the country this year so you know this is something that like this is a discussion that needs to probably continue at some point but like how do we how do we balance these things of like well of course the science says this but i'm just telling you that i've I've talked to four dudes a week for however many weeks and there's Mm -hmm. no doubt that this is the way everybody has been saying like i I
4: wouldn't i wouldn't doubt that like even a year like this the the peak of breeding might have still been when it usually is Mm -hmm. but Again, it comes down to what do we experience as hunters. Mm. So, uh, does the peak of running activity the hunters see change from year to year? Mm. That certainly could be. And so, yep. like the visible daylight chasing, cruising, mm-hmm. yeah. that kind of stuff, I yeah. think that does shift. Yeah. And how so, do you figure out what that is? Like, well, what makes
3: that, you could, that the happen? Chasing, I think part of the season could be just non existent. Like, chasing and peak breeding can happen at the same time. You know, in a, in a year, like it doesn't always. We try to put things in a box where it's like, oh, they're going to chase for a week, and then they're actually going to lock down and breed for a week. Maybe lockdown and breeding and chasing all happen at the same time because the weather was nice.
4: Yeah, I, I feel you know? like I feel like weather, and, and I don't know about the moon stuff. A lot of people say the moon stuff maybe impacts it, but I, I feel weather is the biggest thing for me. Will that will. Tell you like how much will we see during daylight mm-hmm. versus not, and how like just how intense does it get? Like mm-hmm. how comfortable are these deer cruising and running around all over the place? Mm-hmm. Like they're gonna breed no matter what, yeah. but maybe they're gonna do it in the dark when it's twenty degrees cooler, yeah. mm-hmm. and they're gonna be chilled out, well, you know, in the middle of the day when we want to see them running around, but they just don't want to do it. My bad. personal
3: anecdotes from this season on that uh, front would would be uh, one of the things that I would kind of bring up, kind of like what you were talking about. We like to think of our years and our calendar days as fixed points. And, I mean, we all understand the concept of a leap year. Um, But uh, because of that, think about it this way. Sometimes Thanksgiving's on the 22nd of November. Sometimes Thanksgiving's on the 26th of November. Mm -hmm. The rut also can deviate that much. Like, November 7th is not always November 7th. Right. Um, So... We could have a weird year this year <clears throat> where it's just swinging as far into the month of November on our calendar as possible. But to the deer, it's the same exact right. still date. 365
4: yes. days or whatever. <clears throat> yeah. That, right.
3: yeah. Yeah. Right. So because, and the reason I believe that that possibly was the case is because I was on the ground in multiple States f- through all this and observed like, uh, I guess it's November 2nd. I stalked the big buck, uh, And uh, we had the weird thing go on. Yeah, yeah. But last year, or I guess let me say 2021, I stalked this deer. He was on doze very hard on November 2nd, just tending, doing the thing. This year, he was bedded by himself with with dry hawks on November 2nd. So he was doing something different. And then I killed a deer on um, uh, let's see November 5th, who was cruising. But not with those, um, and kind of was just kind of chill cruising, and then I killed it on November eighth in the Midwest. That I think you're
4: doing like some subtle bragging now? No, yeah. no, no. no. <laughs> I was kind of no. feeling that way. This no, is yeah. the first
3: the first time I've ever yeah. killed two deer in November, pretty much. So, uh, but like that deer on November eighth was. Um, in really good shape and hardly been running and, and just wasn't beat up. Yeah. Uh, he had broken tines, but I think they do that early sometimes. And then
5: we left on the ninth because things were super mm-hmm. slow. And then I we came back like four or five days later, and it
3: was the same, same place. And mm-hmm. it was
5: unreal. I mean, it was yes.
3: awesome. Yes, so. it's cool. And uh, another thing to bring this back to refresh, a thing that I noticed this season, and this is our first year doing refresh. so this might be the way it goes. Hunters in general are an optimistic bunch. <laughs> Uh, they might be pessimistic when they're telling stories or whatever but when they go to give you a number of 1 to 10 it's always way higher than it should be. (laughs) I like
4: how you like dog on them a little bit. You're like ah man I like your optimism but then like later like in an intro you'll be like man I'll tell you what these guys are super optimistic, but really, you know, a two or three is what <laughs> yeah. really some of these things. Oh, we be. have this
3: thing we call a Midwest Six. We haven't uh-huh. talked about this on the... But if you're from the Midwest and you don't know really what to say, you're going to say a six, <laughs> for sure. That's what it is. It's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty good. Well... Yeah, you're uh, in yeah. Illinois. Even if it sucks, it's still, it's still better than everybody else's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's ex- exactly right, man. Mm-hmm. So um, we got a bunch of guys from around to give us some good reports from across the country. Guys are still out there hunting. Uh, Mark Kenyon, you're still out there hunting. I'm so, hunting. I would like for you to give us the honorary 1 through 10 rating of rut action in Texas at the moment, sir. Yeah,
4: so we are in Texas and I've only hunted one day here so far. Okay. But based on what I've seen, oh, man that donkey is just like <laughs> <laughs> that donkey's churning in my gut. Um, what I have seen is that the rut is going um, I wasn't seeing chasing or anything today, mm-hmm. but I was seeing cruising Bucks, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I was seeing Bucks locked on Doe's. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good activity. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you higher than a Midwest. That's six. what I'm talking right. about, bro. Right? Yeah. And I, I feel like that's warranted. Like when yeah. you're seeing cruising and Bucks on Doe's, mm-hmm. and, you know, I saw two shooters today. Um, I feel like that's like a. We're an eight category. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, yeah I, I, I
3: don't hold that against you. Is that fair? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so for sure. Mm-hmm. And that it means... matches up with what it should be, mm-hmm. I yeah. think. So I, I think for sure an eight's fair. Now, Tyler and I didn't have as good of an evening, but the evenings across the board for our crew was a little bit low, yep. but the mornings were real nice. And I think that um, this is my personal thought, but places that have well-defined food sources and, and bed-to-feed type patterns I think that evenings are really nice. A place like we're hunting right now in Texas, where it's ju- generally just a roaming, browsing type food. The evenings are kind of tough because they can just stand up and eat where they're at. Yeah, or. and
5: it's it was so quiet this evening. Yeah, it sure was, man.
3: Yep. Yep. variable winds and stuff, which is a December thing, man. That's one of the things that's tough about December is that in the evenings it will go, the, the wind will die and you'll have thermals that are whirling around. Yeah, but can't kill them from the couch, so you got to get out there. Let's hear what the guys have to say from across the country.
5: Sure, we've got uh, Greg Farrell in Mississippi this uh, this week. He's uh, talking about some rut action that's been happening there. You know, one thing about it is the South still has ruts to come. So Absolutely, it's something to, to think about as you go forward for sure. <laughs> uh, we also have Lindsey Thomas Jr. in Georgia, um, Josh Elderton in West Virginia. And uh, our very own Hayden Samick from Maryland. He's been having some
3: good, some good hunts. He's seen some so. big deer in that state, man. Yeah, about to blow it up. I know, Everybody man. should go there. I
5: think that's right, man, <laughs> for
3: sure. Y'all should go to Maryland <laughs> and hunt next year. We just they call it
5: the
4: they call it the Iowa of the East. Do they really? Yeah. Is yeah. that a thing? Yeah. How about that? That's really a thing, though. You're not just playing. I'm not just kidding. How about that? I should go there. Man, we really are. There are like 20 guys from Maryland right now. Who hate us for
3: saying that? Yeah, you you <laughs> said it, not me. I think yeah. that, Did that you was say uh, that actually wired to hunt. That was nothing really <laughs> on. <laughs> uh, are you familiar sure with the ribeye in the sky? Speaking of gnomers. Uh, yep. You are. How about yep, that? I am. That's cool. Yeah. Maybe we'll get one of those. We're kind of in that country I right now. I heard some. Did you? I heard some earlier Woo-hoo. this morning. Yep. Yep. Some yep. clucking turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, yep. All right. Let's check out these Southern Rut boys and see what they have to say. On the phone now, I've got Hayden Samick of meat eater he has been hunting in maryland of all places what's up dude
2: hey man how's it going how are you guys oh we're good just on the
3: road to another hunt man it sounds like you're doing the same uh are you from that area of the country originally
2: no no we're uh my girlfriend and i are down hunting her uh her farm here at least they have like a family farm that doesn't get hit a bunch, so I'm out visiting her while I'm on the east coast. My folks are up from Pennsylvania. That's gotcha. where I grew up on it. So
3: yeah. yeah. Close. Yeah, Close. yeah. Close. To us that like the east coast is all the same place. So, you know, yeah. like oh yeah, that's where you're from. <laughs> yeah. So uh, did you in fact choose your girlfriend according to how much unpressured hunting land her family had?
2: oh it well, is I rumored mean, you know in, in my in my dating uh, profile on the internet it says permissions only
3: yeah 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 that's yeah
2: so you it, don't have to be like you don't have to be lonely <laughs> at <permissionsonly.com. laughs> yeah.
6: Sorry,
2: that's how i find all my girlfriends farmers only <laughs> that's
3: it dude that's hilarious so you've been having some pretty good hunting up there huh you know
2: what it has been surprisingly good man yeah. like uh you know, this is one of those spots where I really wanted to come into uh, during archery, but I'm so busy hunting out west during the season. And also, it's just, like, inconvenient living out, you know, in Montana. But she was trying to get me to hunt the muzzleloader season out here, and I told her I wasn't super sure about it. And then uh, her uncle sent me a couple trail cam pics, and I got real sure real quick. <laughs> 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 but, but I'll tell you what. I was surprised. I'm surprised at what I've been seeing lately
3: here. Yeah. 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 So what's the uh, what's the deer movement like? What are deer doing there right now?
2: So the way that this farm is, like, spread out, um, there's a central road that goes through it. You can see into, like, the back edges of a bunch of fields. And, man, we're just, like, going down, and there are just deer moving everywhere. You know, the first night we got here, I saw, uh, you know, a pretty decent buck. And it, I couldn't tell if he was just, like, playing around with, like, a smaller buck. But uh, he kind of nudged him in the butt with his antler, and I was like, "Ah, "That's like kind of funny." They're still being like a little, a little cheeky, a little territorial, maybe. And then uh, yesterday, we're in a blind, and we're watching these deer, and it was funny, man. They filtered out by size. First, it was like a button buck, then a spike, then a forked horn, then a little six. And next thing you know, over this rise, you know, all the tines are coming out. You know, it's a definite, (laughs) definite shooter deer. And following him was this little, like, you know, yearling doe, maybe, like, six months. She must have just come into heat because he saw her and chased off the other three bucks and just made a beeline after. I mean, like, nose down, full wind sprint after it, and we never saw him again. We had a shot for maybe half a second. But, mm. you know, with with a muzzleloader, it's really hard to take a snapshot like that. You wouldn't want to.
3: Yeah, for but, sure.
2: But uh, Yeah, legit legit chasing activity i couldn't believe it it's a second rut that everybody talks about man the second rut
5: (laughs) yeah so like a a normal rut there is a normal time for the rest of the country kind of early november right
2: yeah 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 that uh, unless i'm missing something that's how i interpreted it gotcha
5: so uh i mean how do you how do you is there a way to even like Are you taking that information and going, okay, uh, I'm going to stay in that area because there's some kind of estrus thing happening right now? Or is there a way to, like, pair that with, like, overall doe traffic in certain areas and and just assume that you can make that replicate other places?
2: Man, it's it's weird because, like, they're getting back on their, like, pattern. You know what I mean? Uh, Uh, All the does are bunched up. All the bucks seem to be bunched up. But then there are these just little wild cards that go through. I don't think that you can plan for it. Like, you know, I, I would definitely be trying to just go where there were, like, the biggest deer concentrations. I wouldn't necessarily be looking through, like, travel corridors. And the other thing, too, is, like, it's so unpressured that, you know, it, you can almost just hunt the edges of fields. You know what I mean? You, as long as you get into, like, the right corner of that field, it's not like you're in a bunch of public where they're only going to come out in the fields at dark. So yeah. it's, it's kind of cool, man. Very rarely do you get to – or. Very rarely do I get to go see a, a whitetail population that's just not been hunted to hell, you know. Yeah, yeah that's
3: cool. Mm-hmm. Sounds like fun, man. Yeah. It's always good to be in a place where there's a lot of deer. So uh, um, I know season's cool. kind of winding down kind of across the country, right? So as we look forward to kind of some of these last weeks of the season here, uh, if you had to predict what you think buck movement will be like for the next week, what would you say it would be on a scale of 1 to 10?
2: Well, right now, it's kind of warm. It should be getting a little bit colder where I'm at. Um, you know, it, you're going to see, like, that wild card, but otherwise, I think it's going to be pretty average. I would give it, like, a like a six, mm-hmm. six, seven, maybe. Um, you know, again, it's right around that time where you get that second cycle or some of those uh, younger fawns are coming in for the first time. So you know yeah six seven if you get a wild card and you get some late riding activity but you know it's, it's kind of the closer
3: cool man well i hope you have some great su- success out there man and uh thanks for the report
2: oh yeah you bet thanks for having me
5: all right now i've got josh ilderton he's up in west virginia he's been spending some time hunting mountain bucks up there and doing some cool stuff videoing and all that josh what's the word from your neck of the woods man
0: My word from the Neck of Woods in West Virginia is there was some really good movement this past Thursday and Friday. Uh, This kind of secondary late dose coming in, and if you were near them, then, then you were getting some movement. The last two weeks have been deader than, all get out but it seems to be picking up and right now with this second rut and these late the late does start to come into heat
5: yeah yeah that's good so you, you are seeing a little bit of second rut happening then
0: yeah we did did on uh, thursday and friday saw a lot of that actually saw some breeding. um how about that and then it kind of slowed down and had some we had midday movement yesterday and then nothing in the morning and hardly nothing in the evening huh. and then uh of course i ain't got a report back from zach yet today but he's seeing some deer early this morning but really no chasing or, or rut movement
5: yeah so you have any assumptions about that midday movement is that a moon based thing or wh- what do you think
0: yeah that's what i think it is uh-huh. uh, i think this rut action is hit or hit or miss and it will be for the next four or five days uh, for these late does and the, and the, you know the, the late yearlings, if they get bred this year, uh, I think it this the secondary rut is going to be hit or miss, and then hopefully these deer start going into a feeding frenzy within the last two weeks of the season.
3: Yeah, is there any uh, pattern to? finding those yearlings that might come into heat late. Like, do you ever do anything like that where you're like, oh, that doe family group's got like three yearlings in it, so I'm going to hunt over in that area. I know where they're at. And hopefully one of those will be one of those late estrus does.
0: Yeah, we do it sometimes, but it is so big and the mountains are, it's so vast that there's no, it's hard to pattern deer here in southern West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they, cause they, could, they could be over here, today and over there for three days and it's just really hard to pattern deer uh unless you're feeding yeah uh, you can you can put a pattern on them if you're feeding but it, it's really hard to pattern them
5: so are y'all are y'all hunting uh just high traffic areas right now or what what in particular are you looking at
0: well we run we run a lot of game cameras uh-huh and When we see action on game cameras we go into that area
5: gotcha gotcha
0: i know we we miss a lot of stuff that way but it uh we especially this late season where the i mean bucks are run down you know they look like damn it to hell and it just uh they're having to start re-energizing and eating and so we we got a lot of cameras on food sources and stuff and hopefully
3: well so in that vast country i'm assuming you don't have a ton of agriculture food sources what are those deer eating
0: right now right now they're browsing yeah you know and they're eating they're, they're eating red oaks uh they're still on the ground but you know all the white oaks and uh they're all gone and what's left on the ground's rotten so they're eating what well, you know if there are red oaks on the ground they're eating them but heck there ain't a whole lot of them so they're mainly just browsing
3: so you're looking for clear cuts and stuff like that
0: well we hunt. we had old uh, coal mining jobs so uh uh-huh. it's it, it's a bunch of reclaiming like uh olives and like crps a lot of a lot of a lot of uh and uh just thick like crp stuff
5: yeah so are you going to stay with that the next week that kind of pattern is hunting the, those areas looking for deer they're coming back to to feed heavy
0: yeah and then and then the uh the grasses you know there's a lot it's 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 pretty good open country where we hunt so we'll go back to uh at some point we keep on telling ourselves this and we keep on grinding but at some point these deer's got to get back in the grass and start feeding
5: mm-hmm.
0: and the you know the shooter bucks will show up to give us a chance to spot stop so uh, zach will keep on hanging with, and then i will probably glass and try to find bucks that way
5: gotcha cool man well sounds like you got a good plan going forward um if you're looking at the next week uh, all things considered moon weather um and just time of year um if you had to put a, a number on it, one to ten, what would you rate the buck buck movement as being?
0: Can I put a, Can I put two two numbers on it?
5: Wait, yeah, I think we could do that. That's a good question.
0: <laughs> All right, so I'll get I'll I'll put a three on today through Wednesday, and then I'll put a eight and a half Wednesday through the weekend.
5: All right, man, that's high. I like that. That gives me good confidence. I What's the big to, change there?
0: Uh just kinda going by my moon charts and the movement we've been seeing. Uh I and, and the weather that's hitting out here, I think it's slow here the next couple of days.
3: Alright. Yeah. Cool man, well we've looking for a mooner to get on here and then you're just the guy, <laughs> so we appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Solid information, sir.
0: Hey let me let me tell you, I, I killed my butt during the red moon, so
5: There
3: you go. Uh,
0: there's
5: a lot of activity if you watch it. moon. That they is the moon and wind. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome, man. Well, appreciate the information, and uh, I hope that you have good success here at the end of the month, man.
0: Yeah, man. Y'all have a great trip, too. All right. We'll see
5: you. All right.
1: in a clean, convenient, taste-free capsule. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. And you can find what you need in store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today, or visit us at o'reillyauto.com/meat eater. That's o'reillyauto.com/meat eater.
4: We've all seen plenty of gadgets and fads come and go, but here's one product that stood the test of time: Seafoam motor treatment. Because people everywhere rely on it to keep their trucks, boats, and small engines running the way they should the entire season. So, help your engine run better and last longer. Pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store
3: or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. We have got Lindsey Thomas Jr. of the National Deer Association on the line. This dude's been hunting down in southeast Georgia. Lindsey, what's happening, man?
7: Oh, it's not a lot. How about you guys? Y'all doing all right?
3: We're doing good. We're uh, kind of excited. We're, we're in Texas hunting right now and got some cool weather, and I bet you that that cool weather's headed y'all's direction, isn't it?
7: It is. We're looking for a, a, some deep cold for Georgia coming up soon. Yeah, how about
3: that? So you've been hunting some recently. Has it been warmer, and ha- has that affected deer?
7: It was pretty warm throughout uh, most of the early season for us. Um, and this is, I'm in southeast Georgia on, on the, near the coast. Mm-hmm. We have a pretty early rut there. Um, it's late October, early November. So Halloween is kind of right around, you know, peak rut for us. And it definitely was, you know, warm earlier in the year. and We're getting some cold weather now. But, you know, they're going to rut. <laughs> Regardless of what the temperature is mm-hmm. um, Around the same time every year So our rut was when it was supposed to be Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's this colder weather It's obviously nice to, to get in the woods when it's colder
3: Yeah, so you're down there in that pine country I know y'all, y'all do pine straw and all that kind of stuff Which is really cool Not traditionally known as like uh, great uh, deer forage though You know, they don't really like the pine needles too much I don't imagine So um, what is kind of the the key to, to finding deer in, in that kind of country? Are you looking for uh, thick pockets of bedding or, or kind of how do you hunt outside those rut
7: windows? Well, it's uh, it's the flat woods for sure and then a lot of timber activity. So a lot of cover uh, in all directions. So yeah, it's tough to sort of discern what a bedding area is for for uh, deer in South Georgia uh, or any of the, you know, sort of uh, fabled movement patterns of bed to feed, we, you know, it's that's tough to find. So, you know, it's, it's natural foods, it's acorns, it is uh, soft mast, um, and then food plots if you got them. But um, usually um, what happens is here, a lot of the food plots get hunted early um, and get pressured out, and then so you're not seeing as many deer. And, that, and that's, that's what we've seen here this year. Um, but now if you've got food plots that haven't been pressured, late in the season like this right now that can be really good or at least some plots maybe you hadn't hunted in a few weeks and you can sneak back in there mm-hmm. um so food is always a big part of it for us um and you know getting in some swamps and areas where you can see a good ways when the when the peak movement is on back you know like i said in uh, late october yeah so you know for those guys
5: that might not uh, have the food plots talk about a little bit about like native uh, forage maybe you know, for us, like here in East Texas, this time of year, we still have green, you know, in areas pretty much year round. Same for y'all, I imagine, uh, you know, for us, like you see deer starting to hit, uh, and I know it's a non-native, but privet. We see uh, honeysuckle being browsed uh, pretty heavy, too. Are there, are there things like that that people could key in on if they don't have food plots?
7: There are some, um, but mostly this time of year, what, what I see is uh, acorns that are, are remaining in the red oak family. Sure. Usually for us, it's, it's water oaks. Um, and we do have some live oaks that are holding late this year, uh, so finding any acreage you can that are still around, and as, lot, as some people know, the red oak family, you know, they tend to last longer on the ground, and they're viable, you know, on for weeks after they've fallen from a tree, unlike uh, acorns in the white oak family, which get gone fast, but also don't last as long, they go ahead and germinate, so anyhow, if you if you've, you know, you might have had um, some red oaks, water oaks, any, any oak in the red oak family that was dropping earlier this year but the deer didn't seem to be attracted to it, you need to go back and check those again because mm-hmm. now as forage gets scarce, now that we're getting some, some good cold, you know, deer will circle back and look for those mm-hmm. and you'll find activity under those trees even though the acorns have been sitting there for weeks.
3: So you mentioned the cold there. Uh, much of the South and really the whole country is going to experience cold, but particularly in the South, it's pretty timely because we're still hunting deer. Um, how do you feel like that's going to affect deer movement, that, that really sharp cold spell?
7: Uh, the science shows it doesn't really affect deer movement. Deer got to eat every day of the year, regardless of what the temperature is. Um, so, you know, find where the food is and, and that's where you need to be. And this time of year, you know, I think I told y'all I'm already seeing bucks getting back together in bachelor groups on my cameras because we're so far out from the rut at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's been a month and a half basically since the peak. And um, so, you know, bucks are, they're trying to, wherever you hunt after the rut, bucks are going to be trying to catch up physically Mm -hmm. because they've been exerting themselves, chasing does, spending a lot of time without eating. They need to get caught up, and so they're going to be, you know, on food,
4: mm-hmm.
7: um, and, and that's regardless of the weather. You know, we see that even if in where we continue to have mild weather right on up to Christmas and beyond. I mean, they still got to eat every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it's uh, now the food. the The weather may affect food sources if it hasn't been cold yet and it hasn't killed off a lot of the the natural forage uh, and green forage. Then that's you know they may still be on that. But if we get a good deep cold snap, and it does sort of convert over uh, to uh, the deer to winter browse uh, versus you know, green forage, then you're going to see them hunting acorns and, and uh, hitting food plots and other things that are available, uh, particularly if you've got like a brassica food plot that's still yeah. around, still productive, um, that you know, that they'll really be keen on those,
3: yeah, yeah, man. That's good info right there. I appreciate that, dude. So, if you had to look forward to the next week and give buck movement a rating from one to 10, what would you call it?
7: I, I'm gonna say, you know, a five to six. It's okay, it's pretty good movement. It's not rut movement, mm-hmm. it's just, um, you know, bucks are like I said, I'm seeing them coming back to food plots and out there, even together in groups, you know. Uh, chowing down. Mm-hmm. Um, they're hungry and uh, they got to get caught up so that's that's what they're doing. now you may not see them in the daylight and I'm not seeing daylight moving on my cameras because all my cameras are on food plots and all those cameras which I moved them there in, in uh, you know over Thanksgiving holiday, I moved my cameras from rut related locations like scrapes to food plots and all those food plots had been hunted, throughout the season. So all the activity I'm seeing on those plots right now is at night, and Mm -hmm. that makes sense. That's from the pressure. It's not because deer went nocturnal. That's, you know, my cameras are in places where deer have been pressured all season, and so they're only coming in there in the dark. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're still moving in daylight. Uh, You just gotta find where that is.
3: Yeah, awesome, man. Appreciate the information, Lindsey, and I hope that you have a very Merry Christmas, sir. Same to you guys,
7: and good luck in South Texas.
3: All right, we're talking to Greg Farrell.
5: He's with First Light, does a lot of cool things there, designing awesome gear. And uh, he's been in Mississippi recently hanging out with old Levi. And, um, I mean, how did you – how did Levi get, get it done the
6: first night and you didn't, man? I don't understand that. You know i asked myself the same thing but i guess if you uh if you're gonna lose to somebody maybe losing to the greatest guy to ever do it i guess it's a little easier to sleep at night <laughs>
5: that's true man yeah you'd hate to lose like me or kc cause that's right at bottom, <laughs> bottom of the barrel at that point man, oh, man. <laughs> so uh
6: was it the rut down there yeah so i was down there um, last week so it had been you know hunting dates like the 11th to the 16th of december and man, that was like, it was right on the tail end um, of their rut, which is pretty cool in terms of being able to extend, you know, like a, a true rut hunt into the month of December versus, you know, what I'm used to kind of, you know, being in the Midwest as much as possible. It's kind of that November timeframe. So it was pretty awesome.
5: Mm-hmm. So uh, were you using like typical kind of, I guess, shoulder rut tactics? Were you doing some calling and stuff like that?
6: Yeah. So the place we were on, um, you know, pretty heavily managed in terms of age class of deer. So the buck to doe ratio is, is really good. Um, there's a lot of, you know, that older age class deer, a lot of deer make it, you know, three, four plus there. So, um, because of that, I would say we were using, you know, some of those shoulder tactics, like they were still, they still respond to calls. The bucks are pretty aggressive there because, you know, there is a pretty good number of bucks per doe, um, on that place. Uh, I would say, however, I think we caught like the very tail end of it. So really what we were seeing is like the first day, first day and a half, um, there's still some good chasing and and seeking going on. Um, those bucks were moving around, trying to you know establish and maintain their territory and, and trying to pick up a, a, a late hot doe. But really the rest of the week, um, it was tough. It got a little warm. Um, and the, the bigger mature deer were definitely locked down. Mm -hmm. Um, we saw a ton of bucks with does pinned down and they just weren't moving. So that made it a little tough, um, being at the tail end of that rut. You know, some of the younger ones were still cruising around, um, not really knowing what they're doing, trying to pick up a doe, but those bigger bucks were definitely locked down hard.
5: Yeah. So, um, was were you hunting near food or near bedding or kind of did you try different things there what was the the what were you having the most success
6: yeah so you know kind of right away at the beginning of the week just based off of what you know a few other guys were that were there saw leading up to that we were in those transition areas hard uh, because those bucks were still cruising and moving Um, and then as we kind of you know saw the more mature deer start to lock down and pin does down, we moved in tight to bedding. I mean, our, our plan basically the rest of the week was get as close to doe bedding as we possibly could as close to the thick stuff as we possibly could. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause really, you know, the way they were acting and moving your best bet was you almost had to get set up within a hundred yards of them. Um, Cause they weren't moving much more than that.
3: So, kind of looking forward here, the south is about to experience a pretty good cold front, um, but I know it's kind of tailing off on the rut there. So, do you think that the weather has much effect on that rut movement? Do you think it would still be rocking and rolling down there if it's going to be cold? Yeah, I mean,
6: based off of of what I saw, and, you know, mind you, this is – we were in Mississippi, you know, basically just south of the Tennessee border, Um, I think what you're going to see in this next week is you're going to see a lot of deer move back to kind of post rep feeding patterns. I think you're going to have the straggler, you know, doe or two that's still hot and still getting pursued. But I think that cold front's going to help the movement on all fronts, right? In both of those scenarios. So man, if I had another week to be there, what I would be doing is I'd be getting close to food. Um, cause that's where the does are going to be. I think, you know, those bucks haven't really ate or laid down much in the last three weeks. So they're going to start hitting food again. And frankly, um, if they are still looking for that, you know, that last hot doe or two, I think those bucks are going to start to really congregate around the areas the does are spending time.
5: Yeah. Yeah, man. Good stuff there. Um, if you had to guess and, or take a, take a shot at ranking buck movement from a scale of one to 10 in the next week with cold temps coming in. Uh, based off of what you saw last week, too, what would you rate that as being?
6: Man, I think it's going to be good. Um, you know, we had or they had. Uh, obviously, they were on a ton of trail cams, and I had the opportunity to see uh, actually a few of the bucks that were taken last week. Um, you know, photos from weeks before, and I would say it was pretty obvious. A lot of those deer had lost, you know, thirty to forty pounds over the course of the last three weeks, just running hard. Mm. So I think with that being said, um, you know, the, the stage of the rut it's in that cold front, all those things are going to lead to bucks are going to be wanting to eat and they're going to want to eat a lot. So I think you're going to see a lot of daylight movement around food sources. Um, and I think it'd be, you know, pretty good. I'd probably have to say, you know, somewhere in that maybe seven to eight range would be my guess in terms of what they're going to be doing.
3: Mm -hmm.
5: Man, that's pretty good. That'll, uh. That'll fire some Mississippi hunters Perky up. Perk you up. Sure. Let's go,
6: <laughs> man. If I could, I'd be back there right now instead of sitting back at the computer. I'll tell you that. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, it's uh, it's weird how uh, we have to work to pay for this thing that we love doing, man. But um, I understand it, and I appreciate your advice here, man, and the the thoughts on Mississippi. And uh, I hope you have a merry
6: Christmas, man. Yeah you guys as well. I know you guys are still out there grinding so good luck with the rest of your season. Hope you can notch another notch another tag. You guys have had a heck of a year so um congrats on that. And if I don't talk to you before have a great holidays. Awesome man. Thanks Greg.
3: I want to tell y'all how much we appreciate you tuning in to Rut Fresh Radio this season. It's been a blast getting to talk to hunters from around the country, and I hope you've had fun and learned a lot about hunting whitetail all over this place. So, a couple things for you to keep in mind or to check out as we close this thing out, okay? Be sure and subscribe to the Element channel On YouTube and go watch our newest video our buddy Eric who does a lot of our videography and all kinds of stuff for us he's our hop as we call him killed his first buck ever with a bow first buck ever in general on Texas public land which is a huge achievement for this guy so we'd really appreciate it if you check that out Also check out the Wired to Hunt podcast because we are hunting with old Mark Kenya right now as we've been talking about. Uh, And um, y'all should be sure and check out the podcast this week because I do believe you might hear some of us Southerners on the Wired to Hunt podcast. And then as well, be sure you're subscribed to the Meat Eater YouTube channel so that you can see the Buck Truck Series when it comes out in 2023. Again, guys, thank y'all so much for listening. This is Rut Fresh. Keep it fresh.
4: at your local auto parts store, or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more.